section twenty two masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain the limitless possibilities of the negro race by charles w anderson of new york mr chairman ladies and gentlemen i sometimes feel that we as a race do not fully appreciate the importance of industrial education i feel that the day is near at hand when the physical apparatus of civil education will play a larger part in the progress of the world than it has hitherto done in other words i firmly believe that the industrial victories are in the future and not in the past we have done much and wrought many miracles but the miracles are but evidences of possible powers rather than the high tide marks of development in my mind the possibilities of physical and scientific achievement are limitless and beyond the compass of human conception look at iron alone see what has been done with it in the last fifty years see what you are able to do with it here in tennessee from it are made things dainty and things dangerous carriages and cannon spatula and spade sword and pen wheel axle and rail as well as screw file and saw it is bound around the hull of ships and lifted into tower and steeple it is drawn into wire coiled into springs woven into gauze twisted into rope and sharpened into needles it is stretched into a web finer by comparison than the gossamer of the morning along the bed of the ocean and made to tick out the yesterday of europe on the to-day of america all of this variety of use has been made out of the stubbornness of metals by the sovereign touch of industrial and scientific education there is inexhaustible promise in this development it is broad and is still bringing the two great races closer together these iron veins and arteries which interlock our cities and confederate our states do much to familiarize each race with the hopes and aspirations of the other and to weave their histories into one harmonious contexture as telegraphic messages fly instantaneously across them and screaming trains rush back and forth like shuttles upon a mighty loom when our fullest expectations shall have been fulfilled both races will have the freest opportunity for the development of their varied capabilities and through mutual bonds of interest and affection and mutual bonds of sympathy and purpose will rise the unmatched harmonies of a united people to the imperial accompaniment of two mighty oceans it is a peculiar fact that immediately after the abolition of human slavery the country started upon an unparalleled career of prosperity the west then almost unexplored began to develop and has continued to do so until now it is studded with proud cities teeming with throbbing life growing like the grass of the prairies in springtime advancing like the steam-engine baffling distance like the telegraph and spreading the pulsations of their mighty hearts to the uttermost parts of the world there they stand with their echoing marts of trade their stately spires of worship and their magnificent institutions of learning as free as the encircling air as independent as the soaring eagle and more powerful than the roman empire when in the plenitude of her power 
all of this has been accomplished since the energies of men were unfettered thus it may be said that both races started almost simultaneously on their careers to fulfil the destiny of this great country among the countries of the world and as we started together substantially we must end together we started with most unequal equipment to be sure and under conditions as far apart as the sky from this pavilion but we have marched to the same music and in the same direction ever since with varying fortunes and unequal steps but with no steps backward until to-day we are able to recognize in each other and be recognized by all mankind as equals in our attachment to the land the laws the institutions and the flag of our common country the responsibility now rests upon you to improve each minute of your lives in fitting yourselves for a wiser better and worthier discharge of the obligations of american citizenship you may be constrained to ask what shall we do or with archimedes of old exclaim give me where to stand and i will move the world let me advise you to stand where you are that's the place act well your part and you shall have accomplished all that is expected of you my friends a country like ours is not governed by law or courts of justice or judges however wise or puissant it is governed by public sentiment once poison it and courts are impotent and judges powerless therefore we are responsible each and all of us according to our talents and influence for the public sentiment of the day if it is healthy and just it is we who have made it so if it is unhealthy and unjust it is we who have made it or permitted it to become so and what is this all-powerful but imperceptible entity this potent influence which controls presidents cabinets congresses courts judges juries the press and i regret to say it the pulpit what is public sentiment or public opinion it is the multiplied accumulated opinion of all the people every word spoken or written by man or woman goes to make up this great stream of public opinion just as every drop of dew or water goes to make up that mighty river which divides this imperial continent and turns the spindles of the ten thousand factories which hug its shores hence we are all responsible for our contribution to the public opinion of the day whether our contribution be a raindrop or a niagara we are responsible for what we say and what we leave unsaid for what we do and what we leave undone for what we write and what is unwritten we are responsible for the errors we have committed and for those we have taken no part in overthrowing so whether we realize it or not we are consciously or unconsciously intentionally or unintentionally directly or indirectly according to our opportunities and our influence responsible for the public sentiment which secures or deprives every citizen of his rights and of the opportunity for the highest intellectual and industrial development i know that it is sometimes said that we have done very little be that as it may thirty years is but a brief time compared with the centuries in which norman saxon and dane have been fusing into the english race and yet we have something to remember when great names are counted something to show when great deeds are told at the same time i would not have you sit supinely down and wait for the millennium far from it it is said that all things come to him who waits that is in part true but it is only fifty per cent of the whole truth all things come to him who waits if he hustles while he waits you will need not only education and character but you also need level-headedness and accuracy of judgment acquire intellectuality but acquire practicality at the same time 
do not join that large and constantly increasing class in this country to whom nothing is desirable but the impossible do not indulge in the pastime of throwing stones at the stars learn to be practical and whatever you attempt in life remember to think out a plan and a policy before you begin the work when you are called upon to go out and do battle stop and reflect and see if there is a reasonable probability of your whipping anybody if the probability is not apparent i would advise you to decline the glove and reserve your lance for a more convenient season martyrdom is very attractive especially attractive to vigorous young men but it butters no parsnips therefore cultivate prudence as well as valour and study men as well as books for you will needs be prepared to meet the living issues of the present and if you are wise you will anticipate the possible exigencies of the future to do this you will want both courage and discretion learn the proper value of organization and union and never cease to remember that an army divided is an army defeated you will neither be able to help yourself nor hurt the enemy by firing paper bullets you must organize to make steam effective you must bind it up in an engine to make water serviceable you must harness it in a mill to make electricity manageable you must mask it in a battery and to make men useful in reformatory or remedial work you must recruit them into an organization and to those present who have not enjoyed the advantages of an education let me direct a few remarks you must not believe that you cannot assist in the work of building character for the race every man or woman who plays his or her part according to the best lights who bears a respected name or bears the proud title of a good citizen who is industrious temperate upright law-abiding and devoted to whatever is lovely and of good report is unconsciously pleading the cause of the race before the great tribunal of the civilized world to all such we can only render the tribute which history accords to those who fight as privates in the battles of human progress with all the more devotion and fidelity because their names will never be known whenever a man earns the respect of the community in which he resides some part of that respect some breath of that fragrance is reflected upon the race of which he is a member as a race we have done much but we must not forget how much more there is still to do we have already demonstrated the possession of powers but we must now bring forth the fruits of sustained racial achievement to some extent we have been given opportunity but we must not cease to remember that no race can be given relative rank it must win equality of rating for itself hence we must not only acquire education but character as well it is not only necessary that we should speak well but it is more necessary that we should speak the truth we must not only acquire that culture which is the golden key that unlocks all doors and unbars all gates but we must cultivate that straightforwardness of purpose and unconquerable determination which enables a people to face conditions without fear and without reproach and so the last suggestion comes which the hour presents in the work of race advancement we need the service and assistance of all true men and women we must have the cooperation of all sections and all conditions the cotton fields of alabama the sugar plantations of louisiana and the coal mines of tennessee the great lakes of the north which winter roofs with ice and from which drips refreshing coolness through the hot summer months from the fisheries and the factories from wheat-fields and pine forests from meadows billowed with golden grain and orchards bending beneath their burdens of golden fruit this advanced movement must receive support the humble labourer following his plough afield must do his part the blacksmith at his forge the lawyer at the bar the fisherman on the banks the man of science putting nature to the question all without distinction and without exception must contribute according to his station and his opportunity to the hastening of the day when the negro shall take his place by the side of the other great race of men and form that grand spectacle which tennyson had in mind when he spoke of the parliament of man 
the federation of the world in a section twenty two